Hello and welcome to the Spandex and Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Hackney, and I'm so happy that you're here. This podcast is a place for conversations about balancing a healthy lifestyle and being happy. More specifically, happy hour. Together, we'll explore all things wellness and wine. I hope you learn a little, laugh a lot, and along the way, know you're not alone on this balanced wellness journey. Ready to jump in? Pour something in your glass that makes you happy because it's time for Spandex and Wine. Well, hello, and welcome to the Spandex and Wine podcast. So you know you have those people in your life that just make you feel so special, even in the most random moments. And when you're with them, time stands still. Well, today's guest, River Plum, is one of those people for me. From the beginning of meeting him and having him spend time and teach classes to me and to my clients, he is just that person that has the knack of connecting with everyone. I'm so excited that I had this time to spend with him, and I'm looking forward to sharing him with you. Well, hello, and welcome to the Spandex and Wine Podcast, River. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. Just to see your face and to see your smile again. It's been too long. It really has. I was so thrilled to see you reach out. So thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. We were talking in class this morning how much we miss your classes, but we were also trying to remember, I don't remember how I met you. Did you just walk in and say that you were able to teach classes? I think so. Um, That would have probably been... 10 years ago at this point. And so, yeah, I think I was teaching at New Day down the road and was in that area and brought a couple of hula hoops over to show you. And I think we made some magic after that. Oh my gosh. Yes. And your classes, we had so much fun. We still talk about them. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to dive into your story. Um, I, I know that you started your fitness journey at an early age. Yeah. So my dad's a personal trainer. So I grew up in the gym um, Mm -hmm. from a baby onward. And Mm -hmm. for me, exercise is always viewed as punishment. You know, if I got in trouble, like run laps or do push-ups. And so it wasn't until um, 18, 19, 20, when I started discovering mind-body movements of yoga and dance that I really found fitness on my own terms Mm -hmm. and gave me a feeling of success that I never really had prior to um, discovering these other movement modalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you've done so many different types of things too. Like you started at our studio doing hula hoop. And I just have to tell you that anyone out there that's going to themselves hula hoop, I could never hula hoop. No, no, no. With River, you can because he makes you feel like you're the best darn hula hooper out there. And that you also make people feel like they're the only person in the room. Like you just have this ability to connect with everyone. It's amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. I attribute that in my natal chart to my Leo moon. Um, it is a, a gift that <laughs> that I'm really glad translates. Um, it's very important for me to make people feel seen and heard and validated and celebrated. So thank you for saying that. I love that. That's I love that. Well, you do it so well. Um, and I want to get to what you're doing now, but take us through the steps. So you were doing yoga and hula hoop and then continue on your journey. Yeah. So I'll, I'll back up just a tiny bit. I was teaching okay. uh, Pio and Turbo Kick. So um, Shalene Johnson's um, high intensity aerobic <laughs> classes. Um, and then I discovered yoga and started teaching 
um, primarily hot power yoga and realizing that that wasn't necessarily the best fit for my body. And then I discovered hula hooping at that time. With yoga, there's so much um, static poses and hula hoop was the complete opposite. It was constant movement and mm-hmm. and spiraling of the body, which um, I really needed at that time. From there, I discovered Nia, which is um, originally stood for non-impact aerobics. And um, it has since evolved into a mind-body movement practice and lifestyle that teaches people how to be in deeper relationship with their body through movement. And it was really in in my Nia trainings that I healed my body. Um, I had a neck injury when I was younger on a trampoline accident. And I spent Mm. a decade in chronic pain, um, migraines and and nerve pain from my neck all the way up behind my eyes. And it was in my second Nia white belt training. um, We were doing a self-healing module. And in Nia, they define self-healing as doing some kind of movement that allows us to arrive at feeling better. And it can be small little improvements, but over time that adds up to um, greater levels of comfort in the body. And so we were doing this technique of walking through the room and giving voice to pain in our bodies. And in that moment, it was as if the pain had drained from my neck. And I experienced pleasure through movement for the first time ever, which was like a really radical concept to me. I didn't know that movement could feel so good. And ever since then, that pain has um, been in the past and I'm so grateful for it. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that for so long. How awful. You you never let it show. Well, thank you. Um, I definitely have learned to listen to my body and to move in ways that feel best. Um, And that led me from Nia into another movement form called the gyrotonic expansion method, um, which is was created by a dancer um, in the 1980s. And it's all about spherical movement um, and distributing force and tension globally across the body. So unlike traditional fitness where we, where we isolate and we focus tension on a muscle group. This Mm -hmm. is designed to spread that tension across the fascial body to create more expansion and um, end range of motion. And so um, I've been doing that since 2018 as well. Okay. So you're still doing that. Yes. So I did, I did have a personal training studio that had the gyrotonic equipment. um, And then during the pandemic um, I had to close down and I sold my equipment, um, but I'm still teaching online and have a, have a personal practice with it. Oh, very cool. Oh my gosh. And I'm always telling people to, you know, only do what feels good to you and listen to your body. And boy, you just really walk that. Well, thank you. And I, I've always admired that in you, in your teaching and in your methodology. Um, the Growing up in the 90s and early 2000s with my father in this, this really kind of toxic bodybuilding um, gym culture, um, I was always really jaded by um, the fitness industry. And I was always, I always admired your methodology and the way that you led your clients um, from a place of, like you said, finding a relationship with their bodies and feeling success through exercise and through movement versus punishment and breaking the body down. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Oh my goodness. So now you have just a whole new venture going on that I can't wait to hear all about. Oh my gosh. So let's dive into your astrology. 
Yeah. So my grandmother is an astrologer. It's kind of ironic. I've, I've gone down personal training and astrology, which are like lineages in my family. My, my father being a trainer, my stepmom being a trainer, um, and then my grandmother being an astrologer. And she specialized in what we call synastry, which is a form, a branch of astrology that looks at compatibility between uh, two or more charts. And so um, she really, ever since I was younger, she would cast charts for my sister's boyfriends when they would, when they would come <laughs> to the house. Um, and then she would do marriage charts and she would um, assess the, 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 the inner dynamics between the relationship. Um, and so really the last 10 years, I dove into astrology myself, um, having read tarot since I was 12 years old, I've always been fascinated by symbolism and astrology is the ultimate symbol system. It's been around for thousands of years, and it's using um, symbolism that we can actually interface with uh, in the sky. We can actually literally go outside and see it. And it's been really um, a profound experience for me with astrology to have a philosophy that that there is meaning <laughs> in the world mm -hmm. astrology you can't you can't believe in astrology and also believe that everything is random and meaningless and so it has okay. given me a context and a philosophy with which to view my life as an unfolding story um that has meaning and purpose and i seek to provide that narrative quality to all of my clients wow that's so cool. I don't know much about astrology. I know I'm a Libra. That's all. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. So with astrology, um, it's looking at the birth chart, which is literally a map of the sky, the moment someone was born. And so from there, we can derive meaning through the symbolism. And so, as you said, the sun being in Libra at the time of your birth, um, well, the moon was also at a particular place in the sky, along with Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and so on and so forth. And so when we look at this map of the sky, we, what we're looking at is the qualities of the planets. So for example, the sun, it shines brightly, it brings warmth. And so when the sun is in Libra, that's a, a sign in the fall, right? So Libra is the, the uh, autumnal equinox. And so we're assessing the quality of the sun and its ability to shine in certain parts of the year. And that has a symbolic quality. So for example, um, Libra is a sign of relationship and community and um, being in partnership because in the um, autumn time, the harvest. And so the, the community comes together in order to prepare for winter. And so um, astrology is based on seasonal changes um, as well as philosophical um, understandings of how the world works, particularly through the lens of um, Greco-Roman philosophy. So think Plato and Aristotle, um, all the mm -hmm. way through um, great thinkers like Carl Jung um, in the early um, 20th century with his um, archetypal psychology. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> so fascinating. <laughs> uh so you do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. I mean, mostly one-on-one -on -one coaching, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so I see clients um, from all over the world. And that's been a really great gift of the pandemic is, is having a much larger outreach. And um, I work with clients one-on-one -on -one in um, single sessions, as well as ongoing coaching sessions, 
which look at the the changing seasons in one's life and how to make the most of them um, with what their goals are in the present moment. Okay. Okay. So you would sit down with someone or Zoom with someone, whatever it might be, um, and go through, you would start with like their birth chart and then just go from there. Yeah. Really astrology shines when a client has a need or a question. And so um, these symbols are ever present um, and they are at the, at the same time, they're multidimensional, meaning they can show up physically, they can show up in mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and they're also multivalent. So simultaneously, the moon is our body. And according to traditional astrology, it is our emotions and it's also our experience of being mothered. And so um, when a client has a question, we can then begin to tease out more concrete, specific interpretations of the symbolism. Okay. Okay. You said that you're doing courses though. Also, you're going to start some courses. So what does that look like? Yeah. So astrology is, there's a bottleneck to get through in order to understand the system. And what happens is a lot of people, they get overwhelmed when they realize they have to learn and or memorize 10 planets, 12 signs, 12 houses, and a plethora of other techniques in order to truly understand the symbolism. So my goal in these courses is to distill the information in a way that's practical, accessible, and profound without losing the magic. Um, I've been studying astrology for over 10 years now, and I still feel intermediate in my understanding. This is really a lifelong study. And yet people, if, if, approached in the correct way, people can derive immediate benefit from understanding themselves and those around them um, through the astrological symbolism. So my goal is to not simplify, but to distill and to create um, a more accessible way of viewing astrology. Sure, sure. And when did those courses start? Have you made a decision on that? So I'm looking at the beginning of next year. So we're looking at um, anywhere from early next year to springtime. Got it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and I love that you are international too. <laughs> it's been really wonderful. My background in Nia has allowed me to meet a lot of different people. And so um, it's given me a, a great opportunity to ex- is to see into other people's worlds. You know, astrology is a look into someone's psyche um, and into their life and to hear their stories and to um, hear the narrative, the meaning behind their stories. And so um, it's always fascinating to meet people from, from, I have a client from Germany, for example, and to hear her experience and then comparing that with um, another client in Wales (laughs) or in California or or New York. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Very, very cool. So what do you do for yourself right now for exercise or does it differ from day to day? It differs from day to day. I'm actually currently taking a uh, 10-week burlesque intensive. And so um, that has been my current um, movement of choice lately as I'm curating this um, routine that we'll have to put on at the end of the showcase. (laughs) And so what I really love about burlesque as a movement form is, again, it celebrates embodiment and sensuality through movement. And so that's been a really... um, it's been, it's given me a lot of permission to slow down. Um, you know, group exercise can be very one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight. 
And this allows me to play with the music and to isolate different parts of my body and to uh, put a character onto the movement, which is um, very unique to to, to other movement forms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and I love that you've explored so many different things because we can get in a rut and do the exact same thing. You know, I have found myself just, you know, trying to decide, am I really happy with what I'm teaching? What do I need to change? Um, to give them the best experience. And then for me to feel fulfilled doing that as well, because it could be that you're a great teacher at something, but if you're not getting joy out of it, then you're not really helping other people. It's so So, true. And, you know, variety, that's the one thing astrology has taught me is that we are complex, right? We're more than just our sun sign. We're this entire um, microcosm of this, um, system that we live in, the solar system that we live in. And variety is so key when it comes to the body through movement and the brain. You know, the brain loves new and novel and fascinating input. And so when we try out new movement forms um, or we pick up a new style of book, for example, if you're used to reading romance books and you pick up a horror novel, um, this new stimulation to our brains really keeps us young and fresh. So I totally Mm -hmm. agree. Ah, that's great. (laughs) So how can people find you? So currently I am building a platform on Kofi, that's K-O-F-I.com. And this is a platform that was created for artists to share their work freely and to also take on commissions while at the same time receiving donations to help support their work. Um, I've always sought to make my offerings accessible. So I do weekly forecasts on Kofi. Um, I do uh, little deep dives into historical figures and their charts. Um, I just did one on Mae West um, and and oh. how art um, really was exemplified in her life experiences. Um, and so Kofi is, is this wonderful platform that allows me to share in a way that I don't have to have, I don't have to gatekeep my knowledge or information. I can share my musings freely, which feels really good. And if people feel comfortable, they can donate five, $10 a month to help support, um, to buy me a coffee or to also support the running of <laughs> um, the website. Oh, I love that. There's so many cool platforms out there that I'm just now learning about. I have learned so many things with this podcast. Oh my gosh. I I just can't believe there's so much out there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh goodness. So um, if people wanted to do like a one-on-one session with you, would they still go to that same platform or how would they reach you? Okay. So all your information is there. So on Kofi, um, there's a way to to order a reading. Um, it's in the same way that someone would commission an artist to make a work. Okay. So, um, and so if you go to ko-fi.com slash riverplum, um, on my page, there's a little tab for readings and you can pick from tar- a tarot session, which is great if you don't know your birth time. And so we can use the symbolism of the art of the cards in order to um, help answer questions or to um, assess assess a situation more clearly. Um, I also offer what's called horary astrology. So there are different branches of astrology throughout the course of its history. And horary astrology really took off in the um, medieval period through the early Renaissance at a time when only royalty knew their birth time. And so this was like for the common people to ask a question and receive guidance and insight. And so, for example, um, on my latest Kofi post, a client had reached out to me um, having lost 
her ring that she bought after her grandmother passed. And I calculated the chart for the moment that I understood the question. And I was able to provide her with information, which then two days later, she found the ring exactly where I had said it would be. So um, it's oh really my gosh. magical. So I offer um, horary astrology questions, which really shine when a client has a specific question. Um, natal chart readings are good to look at themes. You know, what's the theme of my financial situation right now? What's the theme of my purpose? But if you're looking for a specific question on, you know, should we buy this house Where's my wedding ring? Um, horary astrology is a really powerful and profound tool. It never ceases to amaze me um, what's possible with it. Oh my gosh, that is so wild. I just lost my wedding ring a couple of days ago. I mean, I found it. I knew where I left it. But <laughs> <laughs> I left it at the gym and I'm like, oh my gosh, please put it away for me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that there were different branches of astrology. Like how many are there? So there are four primary branches. Um, the first one being natal astrology, which which is what we are all born with, um, this imprint of the, the the sky. Then there is um, horary, which is asking a question and casting a chart for the moment the question is asked. The idea with that is there is meaning and significance for when somebody has that burning question that they need answered. And so we should be able to divine information from the sky at that moment. Um, then there's electional astrology, which is if you're electing or choosing a specific time to launch a business or to get married, it's, it was typically been used for marriages um, to select okay. an auspicious moment. Um, a great example of this is Ronald Reagan. Um, he and his wife had an, a pre- professional astrologer that they worked with intimately. And so he was oh. known to like not sign documents until like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> because of Nancy Quigley, his astrologer had recommended certain times to do certain things um, for optimum output. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. wow. Then the, final, the final branch of astrology is called mundane astrology, which looks at the astrology of nations and of um, war and things like that. And so um, that's a very large scale um, use of astrology. So, for example, um, this was used a lot in the um, the Arabic Middle Middle Ages, where they would track the Jupiter Saturn conjunctions, which had every twenty years came back, and then every two hundred years switched modalities, which means it went from being an Earth signs into air signs, and that had a a major shift in kingdoms rising and falling. And so they tracked these things for hundreds of years. Um, and if you recall, back in 2020, we had a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Remember, uh, it was on the it was on the solstice, and everybody went outside to go look at the Jupiter-Saturn yes. conjunction. And so um, that's what we were looking at was this um, confluence of planets entering into a new era, which they went from Earth era, which think money, in- industry, um, science, like very very concrete sciences, into air, which is about setting the brain and the environment and technology and possibly space travel. I'm, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of that in the next 200 years that correspond yeah. to that shift. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's just so cool. Now I've got to go check you out and <laughs> think of all my burning questions and yes. set up time with you. <laughs> And I think that's what's really powerful and profound about any form of divination is if done correctly, it allows somebody, it gives somebody the space to ask questions, to assess where they are in their life. So much of our lives, we're just wandering through kind of reacting and astrology or other forms of divination are a chance to 
wait and receive in order to make better decisions, more informed decisions moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was a big argument um, in the Middle Ages, for example, um, when a lot of astrology was being outlawed by the Catholic Church. And um, St. Albertus Magnus was a very uh, prominent astrologer. And his big argument was, we're not getting rid of free will by using astrology, we're actually enhancing our free will by having more information to make choices moving forward. Right. I mean, it sounds like too, just helping people find find their purpose or get back to their purpose, whatever that might be. Right. You know, we're all trying to make sense of the world. And by sense, I mean, we're trying to embody, like, why am I here? What is the meaning of all of this? And astrology is a very powerful and potent tool to both contextualize the hard times and also to um, celebrate and enhance the good times. Sure. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to include all of your information in the show notes, even um, the uh, the items that you sent me to for your bio, because I think that's very interesting for people to read through, but I want them to know how that they, they can reach you and get a exactly. session with you. So I'll put that in there, but it has been so nice spending time with you. It's been so nice to see your smiling face. Oh my gosh, you were just adorable. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to see you and to um, be in your podcast. I love it. Oh, well, we all miss you and wish you well. So thank you so much for taking this time. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. You do. Bye. What a pleasure it was to spend time with River once again. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Here are a few takeaways. One, fitness should never feel like punishment. Find something that you enjoy. Movement should always feel good in your body. So always remember to listen and it can be self-healing. Two, There's a form of exercise out there for everybody, and it might change with the season or your time of life. So just keep searching for what is right for you. Three, astrology is the ultimate symbolism. And using symbols, we can actually interface with in the sky. How cool is that? Four, you can't believe in astrology and also believe in random happenings. Your life is an unfolding story that does have meaning. Five, Astrology shines when clients or someone has a need or a specific question. Seven, variety is key to the body and mind. It keeps us young and fresh. And seven, if you feel like you're just wandering around, give astrology a try to find the answers and purpose. It does enhance free will. Thank you so much. And another shout out to River for spending time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you take a few seconds to do each or all of the following. First, follow or subscribe to Spandex and Wine. It'll help you so you don't miss an episode and it'll help me because you won't miss any episodes. To do this, you'll just go to the podcast, click subscribe or follow wherever you are listening. Look for the plus sign or follow button. And this is one of the best things that you can do for the podcast. So thank you. If you'd also be willing to give a five-star review, that would be amazing. And lastly, please share an episode with a friend or five (laughs) to keep the love going. I appreciate you. Thanks.